It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Really blessed to be a part of your life today, and we're here to take your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000 is the number to get online on the air with us, 303-690-3000. And then we have a dedicated texting line if you want to send us a text, uh, if we are needing to fill some time and waiting for callers to call in, then we'll go to our text line, and that is for texting only. It's a different number. It's 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, and that is where Calvary Live originates from, the Grace FM radio network, and we are so blessed to be able to provide to you solid Bible teaching and worship 24 hours a day seven days a week from Cheyenne, Wyoming, south to the border of Pueblo West. And recently, Calvary Live was picked up on the Hope FM network, and want to welcome everyone that's listening from Pennsylvania. I want to welcome everyone that's listening from New Jersey, from Maryland. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is a show where we take your calls and your questions, and we talk about the things of the Lord together. Uh, We pray together, Uh, we seek the Lord together with the things that are on our hearts and on our minds, so please do give me a call. The show isn't the show without you, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to a favorite devotional of mine. It is one that God gave me right after my son Eddie passed away in May of 2013, I was looking for, uh, desperately looking for a devotional on the topic of grief. And I knew of one uh, that I could get at the bookstore, but I wasn't in the, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to go to a bookstore. Uh, and it was right after uh, everything went down. And um, I went to my Bible program. It's amazing the things that you already have. And I searched through my Bible program and found this devotional by Charles Spurgeon that I've read literally almost every day uh, since my son went home to be with the Lord. And it's called Beside Still Waters. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, I have the electronic version on the Logos Bible package, uh, but it's available at Amazon in hardcover. Beside Still Waters, uh, the subtitle is Words of Comfort for the Soul. It's not just a devotional on grief. Uh, It's a devotional related to pain and suffering and difficulties, which all of us go through. And I want to read to you as the phone lines are ringing, and Frank is taking care of that for us. I want to read to you today's edition. It's from Exodus 16, verse 15. Charles Spurgeon, uh, uh, the title of the Devo is, This is the Bread. And the passage is, So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. And here's the devil. Dear friend, you and I are greatly pardoned. Look at Calvary, and if you can see through your blinding tears, behold the sacrifice. He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 
And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, Hebrews 9, 26 through 28. Today we're journeying through the wilderness toward Canaan. We have great pressing needs. We are poverty itself, and only all sufficiency can supply us. We need a great abundance of food. The heavenly bread lies around the camp, and we may take our fill, Exodus 16, 16. We require rivers of living water, and Jesus gives us a fountain springing up into everlasting life, John 4, 14. We have great demands, but Christ has great supplies. Between here and heaven, we have may have greater wants than we have yet known. But all along the journey, every resting place is ready, provisions are laid up, good cheer is stored, and nothing has been overlooked. The commissary of the eternal is absolutely perfect. Do you sometimes feel so thirsty for grace that you could drink the Jordan dry? More than a river could hold is given to you, so drink abundantly. For Christ has prepared a bottomless sea of grace to fill you with all the fullness of God. Do not be frugal. Do not doubt your Savior. Do not limit the Holy One of Israel. Be great in your experience of His all-sufficiency. Be great in your praises of His bounty, and in heaven you will pour out great treasures of gratitude at His feet. Good stuff. Charles Spurgeon, today's devotional entry from Beside Still Waters. If you're here at Calvary Aurora, we have them stocked in the bookstore here. Otherwise, you need to order it from Amazon.com. You will be glad you did. It's a great gift to someone that recently has experienced a loss or someone that's really going through it. Uh, as Spurgeon points us to the, the sovereignty and the providence of God. Powerful stuff. So appreciate him. 303-690-3000. And those of you joining us from the East Coast, you can use that number. Uh, just dial it. It'll get in. And, and while you call, and you you while you hear this program a week later, we're still going to answer your question on the air. And we're, you're still going to have your question and answer aired. It'll just be a week later on the East Coast. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right to now to the full lines. Uh, line number one is someone that wants to share a praise report. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Um, I, I've met you a few times, uh, but I really, that devotional even hit hit me today because of what's going on. Yeah. Where, where I work, it's a uh, semi-dangerous place. I mean, you get one in a million chance of something going wrong. Okay. Y- yesterday, I couldn't call in because I was, I was still scared crazy because we had, we had an incident where uh, things went bad and I could have died in a quarter of a second. And for everybody to understand, the, the reference to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is still alive because God got in between me and the, and the fireball and wow. gave me enough presence of mind to shut it down before it turned into a bomb and took a building out. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't even been able to thank God enough today 
because I because I'm a combat vet and yeah, I I've been close to death before, and this one is really rattling my cage. Super close. Well, let me pray for you. Okay, thank you. Lord, I pray for my brother. Um, First of all, we want to do what he called to do, and that is give you all the praise and all the glory for your faithfulness and giving him the wisdom and the uh, ability and the the, the clarity of mind and all the everything that all worked together that we couldn't possibly control ourselves. Uh, we couldn't possibly put all those thoughts together. Uh, we couldn't possibly make our minds work while we're breathing, while we're worried, while adrenaline. Like only you, God, have perfectly, wonderfully crafted us and our and our minds and our bodies. And and while certainly my brother had training and and he had a, a lot to to lean upon, Lord, without you, this would have never happened. And so we want to give you the power. Uh, we want to give you the glory for your power and your faithfulness. And I pray for my brother in his mind as this has tripped some things in his mind uh, from from his past. And it's brought something that was in the past into the present. And I just pray into his life, Lord, a peace that passes all understanding that would guard his heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I pray according to that promise as he's anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, he's coming to you, God. And I thank you for the lives that were saved. I thank you for using him, having him there at the right time, for the right place, at the right reason. So, Lord, um, bless him and encourage him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Hey, thanks for sharing that. I think um, I think you've encouraged some people, and I hope the Lord flips that over on you and encourages you. No, he's encouraged me a lot because being in a in a in the three prophets um, situation, and he's standing right there in front of me, and then I had to take some uh, uh, migraine medicine last night, and woke up, and I I knew he held me in his arms last night. Yeah. I'm waiting to feel him tonight because it's, it's still, it's still rough on me. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's that physical, that physical response to all, all the adrenaline and all the fear and anxiety and everything that happened. And, and it it is, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, when anxiety hits me or worry or fear or those things that are very mental, uh, in attacking us, it's we need to learn how, and this is an opportunity for you to to lean into the Lord and learn how to depend upon Him. and And I would just encourage you, like tonight, uh, as you go to sleep, if you don't already do this, um, take a take your MP3 player or your phone and download a couple Bible studies from a pastor that really speaks to you, and and put and go to bed with your earbuds in your ears, listening to the Word of God, and maybe just that, even if it's not a Bible study, maybe. You know, the, the U version, a Bible app has Bible versions that'll just read the Bible to you uh, and and just let your mind be comforted and be reminded of the faithfulness of God that uh, will displace, you know, this this traumatic event that God got you through. I will do. Okay, brother. Call us back in a couple weeks and tell us how it's going, okay? I will. Thanks. Okay, Pastor. thank you. Bye-bye. 303 690 is the number, you know, the faithfulness of God, the, 
the goodness of God. It's, it's gratitude is one. I was reading a book on depression recently and by Margaret Ashmore. And, uh, one of the steps that one of the first steps that she speaks of in relationship to that downcast spirit, to that depression, whether it's real physiological or it's circumstantial or both, uh, is gratitude. Uh, maybe I'll look it up a little bit later and read it to you. Um, let me, let me, I see this text question came in. It came in yesterday and we didn't get a chance to get to it. So let me just do it today. Can you explain first Corinthians six, nine, Wanted to ask what that means that for Christians that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And and so here in verse 8, he says, 1 Corinthians 6, No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, <clears throat> nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So it's a great question uh, to ask, and let me answer it a couple ways. First of all, uh, a true believer will not practice these things. Practice means life. It means that's who they are. And so Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul is making a clear distinction that some of these things is actually who I was before I got saved. And I'm not that anymore, even if sometimes I may covet or sometimes I might fight or, you know, I don't steal, but maybe sometimes if I stole or, you know, there's some of those internal sins that still plague us um, and still are a part of our lives, but I don't practice them. So that's, that's the first part of my answer. The second part of my answer is that as Paul is writing to a church, Let's say that he wrote this letter to the Church of Calvary Aurora, and it was addressed to Calvary Aurora, and as the leader, as it would have been in that day, I would come to the pulpit, and I would take out and tell everybody in our church and everybody listening live on Grace FM, I'd say, "Uh, we got a letter from the Apostle Paul, let me read it to you. And then I read it, and these particular things would would go out into our church family. In our church family, we have a mixture, as is does just about every single body of believers, and that is we have a lot of believers and we have a lot of unbelievers listening to our Bible studies and a lot of people coming in that don't love God, aren't a part of God, and they're practicing these things. And to a mixed audience, you would want to say these things. Hey, don't don't be deceived. If you're practicing these things, and here's the third part of my answer, don't be deceived if you're practicing these things, you are not saved because you're unrighteous and you're living like the devil and you have no connection with the Lord. And so don't fool yourself that you're sitting in the Corinthian church and don't be deceived. Don't lie to yourself that you can live like the world and live in sin. You can live in sin and say you're a believer. And that's the way I would take this. Um, people think they're believers, they're self-deceived because maybe they raised their hand one day or they prayed a prayer or they walked an aisle uh, or they were raised in a Christian home. None of those things save you. Only being born again saves you and me. And maybe it's be, it's through the raising of a hand and praying with a pastor or answering an altar call or watching like Skip Heitzig. I always love his his story. Uh, watching Billy Graham on the, on TV. After Gino Geraci, my buddy from Calvary South Denver, shared the gospel with him. Fascinating story, or the, the story of Raul Reese, 
Uh, he was ready to murder his wife. And as he kicked the TV over, Pastor Chuck Smith was on TV teaching the word. And God apprehended his heart and he gave his life to the Lord in front of a television. Or my, my testimony, which isn't dramatic, although uh, it, it's dramatic for me personally, but like I was just lost and dead in my trespasses and sins and I walked into a Calvary Chapel invited by a friend and four or five weeks later, I responded to the gospel. And here's the thing, here's, I guess here's the dramatic part uh, to mine is, is I was resistant and I was unwilling and God with his cords of love drew me to himself. So in any mixed group, there are believers and unbelievers. And the fact is simply un- the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So don't lie to yourself. If you are, yes, there are prodigal, there are prodigal sons and daughters. Yes, that's true. And there are those that are practicing sin and aren't saved at all. And we don't know the hearts of them, so we're going to continue to warn them and teach them just like Paul does in 1 Corinthians 6. 303-690-3000. Uh, we're going to move on to our next caller, Chris. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Line how two. you doing? I uh, have a prayer request for okay. a dear friend of mine. Um, he has uh, developmental disabilities, but he's uh, very smart. Uh, he uh, has uh, the Word of God written on his heart. He reads by Braille. And, uh, oh. you know, throughout my time with him, years and years, uh, he's able to just quote Scripture. And, you know, and we do, it's a regular thing that we do is pray together and, uh, you know, and share the Word of God. Um, he's gone through some changes in his life uh, where um, he's lost uh, a loved ones in his uh, family, uh, which uh, he's lived in his, uh, with his family his whole life. And uh, now he's living in a, um, like a group home. Uh, and he hasn't been explained why he's there. He's a very talented musician. Um, I've been witness to him drawing people to salvation when we're out uh, doing a um, food ministry together, uh, you know, and he's always prayed beforehand, you know, asking the Lord to, uh, that we could be ambassadors and witnesses for his kingdom's sake as we go out and feed those that are hungry and don't have food and um and I've just seen God do a great work in his life. And now he is at the opposite of, of that. Um, and he, his life has changed. And he uh, just needs a prayer, you know, to draw him back to where he was at. He's uh, very angry. He's pushing um, the his myself included uh, love loved ones away from him and um, choosing to isolate himself. And I, I would just um, ask you that if we could pray pray for him, that the Lord would do a great work and draw him back um, to that place of fellowship that he had with the Lord and um, to where he can continue on um, going out. He knows all the hymns, could play them on the piano or the organ and uh, sing them. You could just list up, go to an app and list them off, and he knows all the words. And, you know, and he's just an amazing man of God. And I just hate to see what breaks my heart to see him in this place. Well, let's, let's take him to the throne room of grace. Yes. God, I pray for this brother. Your word says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. And 
we just pray for this brother as he is pulling away and going in an opposite direction, which is very unusual for him. Uh, he, you know him, Lord. You know him intimately. You love him. He's demonstrated such great depth in his relationship with you. And just w- whatever's plaguing his mind, whatever's crushing his heart right now, God, we pray that you would put upon him the balm of Gilead, that you would reveal himself, your, yourself to him in, in ways that, that only you and he know. Uh, that that those those hymns are so rich in scripture and doctrine that are deep into his heart, Lord, that you'd bring that back to his remembrance, that you would call him and remind him, uh, call him back to yourself and remind him uh, that that you love him and that it would be revealed to him. And and even then, that that what I just said, Lord, that that you would call him. Maybe you would motivate someone, Lord, to call him uh, more than just my brother on the air right now. But like you would you would have that that. That, that that body of believers that love him and care for him reach out to him and minister to him with the arms and the feet and the hands and, and the the voice the mouth that represents you Jesus so bless, just bring him Lord to a place of coming back to you in Jesus name amen Jesus, amen thank you sir. God bless you all right brother God Bye-bye. bless three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number this is Calvary Live if you just joined us grateful that you have done that. Uh, we're taking your calls. We, If you want to be on the air with us, the number for that is 303-690-3000. And of course, you can text us. Uh, the lines are usually full, but when we do have occasional openings, we'll go to our text line. And that's 720-336-0897. Put them in your contacts. You know, put them in your phone so it's easier to remember next time. We're going to move on to line number three. Line number three is Mark. Mark, welcome to the program. You pastor, how are you? How are you? How are you, pastor? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Hey, uh, I just joined this new prayer group, and uh, they have to be going through this book by Peggy Joyce Ruth. It's Psalm 91, and uh, okay. the group and Peggy Joyce Ruth seem to say that Psalm 91 is a promise to you that if you trust God, He will protect you from disease, war tornadoes. I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Well, the way that you form your question, it sounds like the, I'm not familiar with the author, uh, and but it sounds like that the author and the congregation that you're gathering with uh, comes from a prosperity type of doctrine. Uh, the idea of your, you and I are the king's kid, so he's going to take care of us and protect us from all evil. Um, that that's an that not only is that prosperity and there's a lot more to that the faith movement it's also known as the faith movement uh, it is not a true representation of the doctrine of Jesus Christ and the way that you described it if you were just asking me the straight up question does Psalm 91 mean that I'm going to be protected from every tornado and disaster the answer is no that's not what Psalm 91 is promising that's not what God promises anywhere in His Scriptures Jesus actually says the exact opposite. And so that, that whole book falls at the words of Jesus when he says, in this world you will have tribulation, yep. <laughs> but be yes, of good cheer, exactly. I've overcome the world. <laughs> yes. I, I appreciate that, Pastor, and that's exactly what I thought, but I don't know how to express—it's a small group. I don't know how to express, explain to the group that I don't—you I, know, I've I told them that I don't believe this is accurate— well, they, well, it's God's word. You should be able to accept it. I'm like, 
I'm not sure. So I'm not sure how to explain that to them, but I think you're exactly right. I think one of the ways that you can express to them and, and begin a dialogue with them is is to the next gathering when you guys are, are you know, after you're done praying and you're talking about this is, I am I need some help, guys. And uh, and this is the kind of help that I need. That this whole The whole premise of this book, and you start to talk like you did very eloquently and very kindly, just seems, you know, and what you guys have been telling me about uh, Psalm 91 being a promise to be protected from every disease and everything, that, that I, I'm having a problem understanding what Jesus said. Can you guys help me? Because Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation. And it seems that it's, you know, just really taking the low road with them, but laying before them right. the truth uh, that, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to sound a little sarcastic here, so please forgive me, but I, I, let's just be real. Anyone in that group wearing glasses? Yes. So why didn't God protect them from the degeneration of their eyes? If, yeah, they're, if what they're good. saying is true, then, then why are they wearing glasses? Exactly. And, and again, I don't want to... I, I, forgive me, anyone that thinks I'm belittling. I'm just, I'm just being real. I'm not trying to belittle anybody, especially anyone listening that believes in the faith movement. It's just not real. It's not true. It's just be consistent. Exactly. Well, I appreciate your time, Pastor. That clarifies a lot. Thank All you. right. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. That, that really, you know, it, it just really burns me. You know, I'm going to not, we can't do it right now, but after the break, we're going to take Bianca. Bianca was blind. And that kind of, that kind of teaching would hurt my sister. And my sister is, she might be blind physically, but she has spiritual eyes that are more uh, clear than many of ours at times. And, and to teach her, Psalm 91 means that God would protect her from blindness. It, it burns me, man. It makes me angry that people are taken advantage of by that type of doctrine. It doesn't square with the scriptures. It doesn't square with reality that you'd see somebody, you know, maybe they're not, they're, they're on television and looking you in there, you know, you should believe God for your health. And if you're sick, it's your fault. And maybe they're not wearing glasses, but they're wearing contacts. Uh, you know, I, it's just not right. It's just not right at all. We got an open line, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Text me, text me if you could. Uh, I'll try to fill, we've got one minute before the break, so let me see if I can fill this minute with a one-minute answer. Uh, let's see here. Prayer support for a new job. Dave would like a job closer to home. He's been searching for since September. So, Lord, we lift up Dave to you. We ask you that you would open doors for him in the realm of job search, that you'd encourage him in these months of looking. It's been hard and difficult, but that you have the right employment place. You have the right place you want him, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. So would you please, God, encourage my brother and put him in front of the right hiring manager or the right place. This is where people even text in, they got jobs available. So maybe that'll be a time where we can hook up Dave with some job options. Um, but he needs a job closer to home. You know his desires. You know what he needs. So give give him, uh, Lord, that job. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ooh, there's a good text question. But it's going to take more than an, a minute. So I'm going to hold it uh, to the other side of the break. 
You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary in Aurora. More information on our church is at calvaryaurora.org. That's C-A-L-V-A-R-Y-A-U-R-O-R-A. Or you can go to my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. I post there occasionally different articles, different thoughts. It's uh, raw thoughts on, on life, grief, and ministry. And I invite you to join me there. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live on the Grace FM and the Hope FM Networks. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad you've chosen to join us. This is the show where we take your calls and questions, your prayer requests. We also take your texts. Uh, We have a dedicated texting line that you can send in a question or a prayer request and and while we don't always get to all of them, uh, we do use them when we are trying to fill uh, time waiting for calls. We've, we usually have full lines. And when we do have full lines, you might get a little discouraged on calling in. So here's the deal. When you hear somebody hang up, that's the time to call uh, because that means a line is open. So if you've been getting a busy signal, that, beca- that means all of our phone lines are busy. Uh, and when a f- call drops off, that's the time to try and call. Also, earlier in the program, is when the lines are open more often than as the program progresses, most likely because people are off of work or are available to listen in. Um, they, they, we have that. We have more open lines. So later in the, in the program, they're full. So here's the number, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And the texting line, dedicated texting line is 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Aurora, Colorado. Grace FM is an outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Aurora. So Calvary Live originates on Grace FM. Uh, we're heard in uh, from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way through the metro area, uh, all the way down to Colorado Springs, Fountain, and Pueblo. And now recently, Calvary Live is being aired on the Hope FM radio network, which includes stations in New Jersey, uh, in Maryland, and in Pennsylvania. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. I know Hope FM is a blessing to you. We have been, uh, our Bible teaching by, uh, study, Abounding Grace, our radio ministry, has been on Hope FM for the last six years. Uh, so welcome, guys. We're glad to have you. Let me let me answer a couple of text questions real quick here um, because they, they can be uh, easy. Uh, easier and quicker. Is it normal for pastors to view pornography? If by normal you mean okay, no. If by normal you mean that pastors are watching pornography regularly, unfortunately, that's probably a possibility. Um, It's a sin that's permeated every segment of society, um, but it's not normal. Like It's not right. It's not approved. It is uh, spiritual adultery. Uh, in a pastor's life, in anybody's life. Uh, and if a leader is struggling with pornography, what can he do? The leader should go to his to his elders or his pastor 
Um, in our church, the pastoral team are the elders of the church. So, you know, if one of those guys get into something, um, there's a there's another board of elders that oversee the functional things of the church. Um, you know, I, I I have worked with men um, that that have fallen into pornography in our church and um, in our leadership over the years, and we love them. We show grace to them, and we give them the tools to overcome and walk in the victory that's already theirs. And we don't condemn them. Uh, we don't finger point at them. In some cases, it is immediate disqualification. Absolutely. In other cases, it's not. It really is a situational thing. And we want to approach this with grace. It may be that we may have to have them sit down for a season. Uh, you know, it's a, there's a lot of things. Is there, are they repentant? There's a difference between whether they were caught or like going through the logs, you know, and the guys in our in our building, if they're on the network, on our internet network, um, then we know what they're looking at. Uh, we have access to that, and they're using church computers, uh, so we could take the church computer at any time and uh, look through their history uh, and look through my history, um, and because uh, I have a church computer, and so the 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 essence is no, it's not normal and it's not right, but we want to minister to them. Um, there is a higher calling to a leader, um, but we don't immediately cut people's heads off for sin. We want to get to the facts. We want to see if we can rescue and restore something that the Lord has given to me through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and it's something the Lord has given to me through the ministry of the fellowship family that I'm a part of. Pastor Chuck and Pastor Jeff, and prayerfully, and I'm not prayerfully, I know I'm walking in the, in the same footsteps, as we like to see people restored, not destroyed by their sin. We like to see people overcome, not be condemned and broken. And uh, so there's a lot to that, but it's not normal. And may the Lord, let's just pray for those that are caught up in this particular sin, leaders or not. God, we come to you, Lord, with very solemn, uh, difficult things in our hearts when it, because we know that men and women are involved in pornography as a part of the body of Christ, even pastors and leaders involved in this horrific sin, the sin of taking advantage and objectifying uh, people and using them for their own personal selfish desires, uh, committing adultery for those that are married, committing fornication for those that are not. And uh, they're in bondage, Lord. And I know we have, a, we have a very powerful ministry right now for men, God, and we need it for women. We need one, Lord. Provide one for women for us, please. But for the men, we, we have that ministry, Pure Life, um, and um, in Pure Life Ministry, we help people get over that sexual sin. So I pray that more would step up and admit it, repent, and forsake it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, for those that are looking for a job right now, SiteWise Corporation is hiring. Construction field, natural gas, contractor for Excel Energy, uh, multiple offices in Denver, Hiring event in Wheat Ridge on Saturday, February 4th from 10 to 4, or excuse me, 10 a.m. to 2, sitewisecorp.com. That's S-I-T-E-W-I-S-E corp, C-O-R-P.com. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, let's get to the phone lines. People are waiting. Phone lines, we're going to go to line number one, has been waiting. Re Roberta, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Uh, this is Hi, Roberta. Roberta. I'm calling from Centerville, Maryland. I'm a relatively <laughs> new listener on the Hope FM uh, station. Wonderful. Uh, 
My my question is, I did hear you mention that you lost a son. Uh, we're coming up on the anniversary of our daughter's death. Uh, it was to suicide, and she was 25 and our youngest, and we had three daughters, and um, her name was Grace. And it's just sort of shattered us as a family. We, we are believers. Uh, the Lord has walked us through this journey so far. We have a lot of people who pray for us on a regular basis, and we feel their strength. But I just, there's so many unanswered questions as to why this would be allowed and whatnot. But he gives us a free will. I understand that. And I just wondered if you can offer any words of encouragement as to how your walk has been with uh, the loss of your son. I can. And first of all, I, I just want to say I'm very, very sorry that, um, that you lost your daughter that way. It's, it's one of the most brutal, difficult things that any parent, um, I mean, grief is hard enough, but some types of grief are harder than others. And losing a child is, is one of the most horrific uh, things that a, that a person can go through. And I'm, I'm so grateful to hear in your voice that hope that's still there and that you're, you're still standing, even though you feel like you want to just throw in the towel. Um, yeah. It, it's brutal. I, I can I can't, I wish I could say to you that every day uh, is a good day for me. It's been, and this year will be four years in May for us. He was 20, That'll my be son, three Eddie. Years. How yeah, so we're he? very close. He was 26. He was a state trooper uh, here uh, in Colorado and uh, married with a young son, Levi, and um, missed that little guy like crazy. I miss my son like crazy. And, um, and um, yeah, the complications of grief are very hard. And, and, and yet I can say, though, even though some days are better than others, uh, we, we, have, we have a God who knows what loss is like as well. Uh, he knows, you know, because when we're in this fog and pain of grief, it can be easy to conclude that God doesn't care, that he can't help us. But, but despite our feelings, you know, God does care and he does love us and he, he is willing and wanting to help and he is working in our lives and, and, and he knows what it's like to lose a child uh, in a very real way as, yeah. he, as he watched his son die on the cross. But there's some practical things that, that I would encourage you to consider um, in this journey of, of pain, which you, you have a, I was just talking to a pastor friend of mine yesterday on the phone and we were talking about the new normal there's a new normal in our lives and we're not the same as we were before and you of course have the comp i have complications in the loss of my son that make it harder and you have the complication of the suicide and the just the 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 depth and and i want you i want to speak right to that for a second um your daughter taking her own life is not your fault and you just need to hear that it's not your fault. There wasn't anything you could have done to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And I want you to hear that and be reminded of that because that's, I'm sure that's a cloud that plagues you and your family a lot. And your, your precious daughter was just in a dark place and in a place where she wasn't asking for help and where she really didn't see a way out. 
Uh, she just didn't. When she surveyed all of her options, this was the option of relief for her. And we wish she wouldn't have done it um, with all of our heart and all of our being. But it, but it's not your fault, and it's not your husband's fault. And and clinging to that truth is really important. Um, I know, I know, it doesn't take the pain away, but it's going to keep you from going deeper and darker. Yeah, I know Satan tries to pull our thoughts that way, and we we just keep lifting each other up. That we can't be responsible for this. She was twenty five. She yeah. made this choice. We would never have picked it. Well, so here we are. We're the ones left behind, and we're the ones left to to continue on the legacy of our family and continue on the memory of our children. And have you guys attended a grief share class yet? Um, we're in like a suicide support group. That's okay, a good. Group. Have you found that helpful? Uh, yeah, it's run by a couple people who are really involved with hospice uh, and are grief counselors, uh, and they attend our church, So, and it's not far from our home, and currently they meet once a month. So Great. We well, I want to suggest to you, I really think it's important for you, because you guys are already ready for this, to go to this website. It's grief share.org okay and and find the group that's meeting closest to you it's right there on the home page and this is such a powerful this is such a powerful tool now i've gone through the grief share through the videos uh, but i've mm-hmm. never really attended a class and this last christmas was the hardest for me the fourth christmas was the hardest wow. christmas uh, ever you know and and I was just at the end of myself, and um, my wife was a lot stronger than I was at the time. And, and I was listening to the announcements in our own church, you know, my church, where I'm about to walk up on the platform and teach. Uh, I was listening in the announcements, and we do this, um, we do this Grief Share one-day um, class called Surviving the Holidays. And, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to do this. And I didn't fight him. I didn't resist. I said, okay, um, I'll do it. And, and I went to the class and, and I was ready for the class and it was just so beneficial for me. It ministered to my heart and God gave me four different things that really helped me on my person in the personal part of my grief. And, and I just know from the perspective of, of a biblical worldview perspective, this class would be so good for you guys, um, to, to continue on the journey. Cause that's what it is. You're on a journey of grief and there. There's no solution, and there's no end to the pain, mm. uh, except that when we see Jesus face-to-face. Now, I know that wasn't a very hopeful statement. It's just the facts, you know, because we don't want to have unrealistic expectations, but, but there is an end to the pain. I want to be clear, and that is seeing Jesus face-to-face, being reunited with our daughter, with my son. My mom yeah. is in heaven. My dad's in heaven. Um, I have a lot of people waiting to be reunited. That's the promise of the scriptures. And, and so I, I know that the Lord is going to do something great. Um, now also before we hang up, if you're, if you're willing, I'm going to put you on hold when we end before, after we pray together and Frank is going to take your information and I'll send you a gift of the devotional that I've been using 
by Charles Spurgeon that will just be a ministry to you uh, and um, bless you. Okay, um, that would be wonderful. Would... Yeah, I've tried to read as much as I can on, you know, other people going through this, and it's such a painful journey. It, it might lessen over time. I don't know. <laughs> but It does lessen over time, yes. Uh, it does lessen over time. You do move forward. But grief is, you know, I think that, um, I think in Grief Share they taught us that we have to watch out for emotional, uh, what was the phrase, um, emotional ambushes, <laughs> where, you know, man, you're doing so good and you're, you know, you, it's not like you don't miss him anymore, but, but things are okay. And then you just get, you, you smell something, you see something, you drive by a favorite, you eat a favorite food. Um, you know, yep. I see, I see, I see, I, I see, um, trooper cars all over Colorado. You know, this is my son's oh. dream job. And, you know, we have a lot of law enforcement officers in our church too. And it's just like, Oh Lord, that was my boy, but he's not oh. here anymore. Or, you know, I feel like I want to text him, and then uh, it's like, oh man, I, I can't text him. He's not, he's not here anymore, and just, just those types of things. But, but it does get better. You know, the Lord does bring healing, and the Lord does bring comfort, and and He does strengthen, and and look how far you've come so far. Look, look how far God has brought you even to this day. And and now we were sort of reflecting over all that over Christmas. I mean, we're still not really putting a tree up and stuff because it's just too much right now for us. And and it's okay. It's absolutely okay. You don't have to put a tree up. Um, You don't have to, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do as the Lord comforts you. And I would say though, as you guys are approaching each of the holidays or each of the anniversaries, maybe instead of putting a tree up, you guys do something else in creating a new tradition uh, that might add to your family, not just take away. Because that's what grief does, doesn't it? It makes us take away yeah. everything. Now now I can't look at cars anymore. And now I can't put trees up anymore. And, and I can't look at baby pictures. And, and, I can't, and, 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 and we need to face that and say, yeah, there's a lot of pain now, but I'm not going to be in retreat forever. I want to say, what can I do? And, and what, what can we do that will move us forward? And so maybe it's not a tree. Maybe it's planning a, you know, maybe it's a gingerbread house or something. I don't know. Doing something that can create a new type of of tradition until you guys have the strength to put a tree up again. Because you will one day. Yeah. <sighs> so I'll tell you what. When my well, I'm, when we're going to pray right now, and then I'm going to put you on hold. Frank's going to get your info. And then when my assistant gets back from vacation next week, I'll have her put not only beside still waters, but also a copy of the surviving the holidays book that we use um, from oh, the grief show organization. Be fantastic. And, Cause that's what just bless you. That is especially difficult and nobody yes. seems to understand. I know. And even I don't have a full understanding of exactly what you're going through, but the Lord does. Um, and one other, two other suggestions practically before we hang up, um, what do you, you know, when I'm asked the general question, what am I supposed to do um, after such a great loss? I would say we have to do what we've always done. And that's Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We need to keep going to church. 
We need to keep reading the Bible. We need to keep praying. And we need to keep taking communion and being reminded of the blood. We need, Even if it's a robotic, even when you don't want to, uh, we need to keep doing what we've always done. Yeah, exactly. And even, and I would say it's okay if you feel robotic. Oh, I didn't get anything out of this. Don't worry about that because the Holy Spirit ministers behind the mind. And remember Jesus said he would give us rest for our souls. Mm-hmm. It was, we, we get caught so much in our minds and what we think and what we feel, but the Holy Spirit ministers not only to our minds and not only to our feelings, but he cuts right to the core of who we are. So even if we don't feel anything, don't worry about it. Just keep doing what we're supposed to be doing and give the chance for the Holy Spirit to minister to us. And Yeah. But we haven't then, given up on, on the church or God. <laughs> the amen. Way we're getting through it because it is. Um, there are definitely people of prayer at, at our church, and they've lifted us up and uh, are walking us through this journey. And... Um, Without them, I, I don't know where we would be. We would be hanging off a bridge somewhere, probably. But Yeah, praise God we're not. And, and the last thing is, you know, a person that really God used in my life um, in the loss of my son was Pastor Greg Laurie, and I'm sure he's on the Hope uh, FM. Um, yeah, he on, is. I listen to him every morning. And I so know Grace I, FM, he lost his son exactly. in a car accident. And he has, um, he wrote a couple books and he has a video out, uh, Hope for Hurting Hearts, I think is what it is. And so if you go to harvest.org, you can find all his resources there as well. Okay. All right. Well, let's pray. Thank you. God, I thank you for Roberta. And uh, I, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that she's still standing and I'm grateful that she's reaching out and grateful God that that um, you're doing a work in her life I'm so sad with her and her family God that that her precious daughter is no longer with us it, it is more than we can possibly handle and the complications of of suicide makes it all the worse and I think of my friends Tim uh, her son committed suicide and that that story has been repeated so many times over and over again uh, just so hard and and so difficult, um, you know, and so I, I just pray that you would be the God of all comfort. You reveal yourself, uh, not only to Roberta and her family, but to Tim and Carrie and, and others who have had a suicide or the loss of a child. Um, pray for me and my wife and my kids who lost, they didn't lose a child, they lost their brother. And now these, uh, Grace being the, the youngest, she has siblings that are left. And, and the complications, it's not just an easy cut, Lord, it's hard. Um, you know, with my son, I have ongoing complications that we deal with every second of the day. And it's sad. Outside of our control, Lord. My sister Roberta, every second of the day, it's a heavier burden. And yet, every second of the day, you are faithful. And you are with us. And we are so thankful for you, God. So bless my sister and even some of these resources, Lord. May they speak directly to her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Let me let's end a little bit with a smile. Are you ready? Sure. So here you are the very first caller from Hope FM that we've received on on our show. <laughs> How about so, that? 
forever you and I are knit together because you're the first caller. And I don't host every day, so uh, I only host on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So this was the day. This was God's pre-appointed time for uh, for you and me to connect. And, and we just started this Monday, just last Monday, we started airing on Hope FM. So welcome you know, to the family. Normally in this time, the spot was Pastor's Perspective. That's correct. And, and um, mo- But now, now it's you guys. <laughs> yeah, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, no, don't uh, hang up. Don't hang uh, up. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't hang up. Frank, put her on hold and get her info, please. 303-690-3000 is the number. Um, I know it took some time, but praise the Lord. We're going to take as much time as needed. So let's move on to Bianca. Bianca's on line two. Welcome to the program, Bianca. Hello, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm just doing good. I would just like some prayer because... I have been taking some really big steps in my life, and the Lord has just been using me in wonderful ways, and I believe that what I'm doing is from the Lord, and quite honestly, I didn't choose this path because I thought it was going to be an easy one because I know it's not easy at all. So I would really like some prayers so the Lord can continue using me, especially since I've got a lot of things coming up within the ministry the Lord has entrusted me with. And and I just really praise the Lord for all the people the Lord has used in my life to bring this together because they've just been a huge encouragement to me. And I don't know where I would have been if the Lord hadn't put them in my life. So just pray for all these big steps of faith I'm taking. Let's do that. God, I pray for my dear sister, Bianca. Um, Thank you for bringing her into our lives and teaching us so much about your character and your nature through her life and through her perseverance and through her ups and also through her downs. Uh, God, you show us what it's like for the steady faithfulness of your love and mercy in a sister's life. And I pray for this latest season of battle and discouragement and this latest season of attack and 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 just facing opposition in her life um, from from a direction that she didn't choose, um, but from a direction that you have led her. And so, God, as you lead and you guide, I pray that you would hedge her in before and behind and protect her and guard her as she keeps her eyes firmly fixed on you, the author and the finisher of her faith, that for the joy that was set before endured the cross and despised the shame. That's what Jesus did, and I pray that Bianco, too, would find strength and endurance and leaning upon you uh, in, in the strength of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and maybe one of these days, maybe next week, I'll call in briefly, because I know it's been a while since I've done that, but I really feel like I need to share exactly what I'm doing, not to, you know, not to give the credit to myself, but to give glory to the Lord. So 
Maybe I'll call next Wednesday and just briefly share everything I'm up to. Great. Well, thank you, Bianca. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, hey, we've come to the end of today's program. Thank you guys so much to be a part of our Calvary Life family. Again, welcome everyone on Hope FM. We're so blessed. I just got a text from someone in Maryland as well. So we're just so blessed uh, to be a part of your life. And I know that uh, we have our Bible study. If you're up that late, I think we're on at 9 o'clock. Calvary Chapel Aurora, Abounding Grace, airs, I think, at 9 p.m. on Hope FM. So we've been on for six years. I know it's a little late, but uh, we're on. And we love you guys. We're so blessed to... Um, to, to be a part of all that God is doing in and through your life. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we come to the end of our show today. For more information on Calvary Aurora here in Colorado, go to calvaryaurora.org. That's A-U-R-O-R-A, calvaryaurora.org. Or you can go to my website, Ed Taylor, edtaylor.org. And information is available on the ministries and things that are connected. God bless you guys. I know a lot more of you are struggling and mourning and in grief, and and we just want you to know that God loves you, and so do we. We're just so grateful to be a part of your life. Have a great evening in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.